Lord Vader, this is an unexpected pleasure. We're honored by your presence. You may dispense with the pleasantries, Commander. I'm here to put you back on schedule. I tell you, this station will be operational as planned. The Emperor does not share your optimistic appraisal of the situation. But he asked the impossible. I need more men. Then perhaps you can tell him when he arrives. You will bring Captain Solo and the Wookiee to me. <laughs> you can either profit by this or be destroyed. Jabba, this is your last chance. Free us or die. The data brought to us by the Botham spies pinpoints the exact location of the Emperor's new battle station. It is protected by an energy shield, which is generated from the nearby forest moon of Endor. You must confront Vader. Then, only then, a Jedi will you be. There is still good in him. He's more machine now than man. Twisted and evil. I know there is good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. From here, you will witness the final destruction of the Alliance and the end of your insignificant rebellion. Well, how could they be damning us if they don't know if we're coming? It's a trap! Here goes nothing. Welcome back to the Film 89 Podcast. I'm Sky. I'm Richard. I'm fresh from Carbonite. I'm Neil. It's episode 93, guys. And the Dream Team are finally back together with all three of us recording in the flesh for the first time since, well, I think it was episode 31, wasn't it? Which was, unbelievably, July 2019. What has gone on in the meantime? Exactly. Uh, obviously... I had a bit of a cold for a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, Neil, you and I have recorded episodes together. Richie, you and I have recorded episodes together. And you and you guys have both recorded episodes together yeah. since July 2019. But the three of us have not been together, mano a mano a mano, since our Toy Story 4 Spider-Man Far From Home episode. Yeah. It's what a, the actual hell? It's a well overdue three-way voice. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Not since the dark times. The dark times, yes. Obviously about the pandemic, Marvel Phase 4 is what I'm Ooh. talking about. So on tonight's episode, it's another one of those huge films on our own personal list of films that we've wanted to cover on Film 89 since the podcast began. And it's also us bringing to a close a trilogy of episodes that started back in May 2020 when we did The Empire Strikes Back for its 40th anniversary. And early last year, we finally tackled probably the most important film of our lives, Star Wars from 1977. And now it's time to discuss the third and final film in George Lucas's original trilogy, Return of the Jedi from 1983. So gents, as we always do, let's start with the question of when you first saw Return of the Jedi and did you see it on the big screen? Didn't see it on the big screen. Can't remember when I first saw it. It's possibly the first Star Wars film that I saw. Possibly. It's always been there. My memories of Star Wars as a kid are largely Return of the Jedi. Possibly because of Ewoks, sadly. But I think that it was... <laughs> I, I think that's probably it. So yeah, I, can't, I couldn't tell you. I was, I was certainly younger than 10. I don't know when I saw it either first. As I've said before, uh, I was very little when my parents couldn't get a babysitter one night in 1979 and took me to see one of the... Um, it was when the original Star Wars from 77 had been re-released. 
or, or was still showing in cinemas because you know this was in the, the sort of very infancy of VHS and Betamax, so it was only pretty much the cinema for a lot of people. I obviously have got no recollection of that. I was probably barely two, and again, apparently, I was taken to see Empire Strikes Back when I was again, you know, that was only a year later then, so I was still very young. Got no recollection of that, so it would have been either on television as a kid or on home video, but I genuinely can't remember the first time I ever saw Jedi. It's just one of those films that's always been there. And like you've just said there, Rich, my memories of Return of the Jedi and the first Star Wars are more prominent to me as a child than maybe than Empire, because it was one of those things that in 1983, I would would have been six and Return of the Jedi had been released in cinemas. And, you know, there was a big hoo-ha about it. And it was obviously, you know, you couldn't get away from the film. Whereas with the first two films, I've got no memory of the releases of those. So, yeah, like I say, I couldn't tell you exactly when I saw it and like it was probably on TV. I'm thinking now, it likely be the British TV premiere. It'd have been a, it would have been a Christmas, I would have thought. Christmas Day? ITV. Yeah, yeah, I think mm. it would have been. I can remember. Imagine that. Maybe like 1988. So you didn't see it in the cinema? I didn't see it in the cinema. Mm. Yeah. It was 88? 88? Potentially, yeah. Holy cow. The, the turnaround of films back yeah. in those days. Five years for the gun television. I, I don't know for certain, but I'm, I'm, I'm hazarding a guess. That's yeah, crazy. Been, yeah, I think I would have been about 10 when I saw yeah. it. So, yeah. Just consulted Google. Google. The original trilogy, sorry, Star Wars UK broadcast dates, Return of the Jedi premiere, 26th of December, 1989. Holy... No, I would have seen it before then. I think I saw it, I think I've seen it on VHS before then. Yeah, 100%. This, this oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is the first one, because I saw Empire, but that was obviously a re-release. Yeah. This is the first one where I can remember genuinely seeing trailers for it on TV and mm. stuff like that. There was there was a program with a now disgraced DJ, so I won't mention his name, but he used to go to um, the USA, and they'd always it was like him in the USA. They'd always like preview what was coming up and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I can remember seeing the Return of the Jedi was coming, and the sort of I think it was like a, probably a thirty second trailer on the back of that. That was the first one. I was like, oh wow, there's another Star Wars because you sort of lived in a world, but like you say, Star Wars already existed because you were all yeah. born into it. And this was like my first exposure to sort of like there's a new Star Wars thing that no one else can spoil for you because no one else knows mm. about it yet. No one knows what's going to happen type thing. Yeah. Before we got to like the prequels, obviously, and then, you know, we all know that went. <laughs> this time next year? <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into this inception of the film then, guys. So after the success of his difficult second Star Wars album, The Empire Strikes Back, George <coughs> Lucas delivered a rough draft of the third film in the trilogy on February 24th, 1981, titled, as you said, Neil, Revenge of the Jedi. Now, it's commonly believed that Revenge of the Jedi was the film's original title and was later changed to Return of the Jedi. But the truth is, it was originally called Return of the Jedi. Howard Kazandjian told Lucas that he thought it was a weak title. A few days later, George came back with a new title of Revenge, and as we know, this stayed so far as posters and other merchandise, like you say, Neil, it was right up until, I think it was a few weeks before the release of the film, Lucas went back to his original title, understanding that Jedi don't take revenge, so he changed it back to Return of the Jedi. Now, as he did with Empire, Lucas took more of a, how would you describe it? <laughs> a backseat creative position on the film. He, he all but directed it, is what a lot of people have said. Yeah, yeah. I think he directed it without having the hassle of the day-to-day. Yeah, he wanted Spielberg, didn't he, yeah. to do it? Yeah, well, he was a Cronenberg, not Cronenberg. Was it said David, uh, David, David Lynch? Lynch yeah. David Lynch was in line to do it. Yeah, it was due. Wasn't it due to the? It was the the Directors Guild. Yeah, that's right. That he resigned yeah, from. After, yeah, after. Yeah, basically, the Directors Guild of America allowed him not to put the credits at the beginning of Star that's Wars. Right, yeah. 
They wavered that. They were fine with it. When he wanted to do the same thing with Empire, understandably, for continuity, they fined him something like $250,000. He ended up paying uh, Irving Kirshner's fines that the DGA levied on them. But then by that point, he's thinking, well, you know, this is ridiculous. I'm, I'm pissed off with this. He left the Director's Guild. So when he comes around to you know, looking for a director for Jed, I, I don't really understand, but he wanted Spielberg. But again, something to do with the Director's Guild. Spielberg wasn't allowed to direct it. Because he was because he'd remained part of it, wasn't it? Yeah. So he's then gone with Richard Mark. I think he'd done Eye of the Needle in 1981, mm. which yeah, was like yeah. a World War II spy film. Which I've never seen. You know, he was pretty much an unknown. Yeah, he didn't have much of a thing to speak of, did he? No. Yeah, I think it was the thing of, like you say, getting someone, he'd he probably seen a bit of his work and thought, yeah, but he also knew he had sort of, without doing him a downer, he's probably got a lot of control over what's going yeah. on. Right. Now, and I was, I always bought into this because this was basically the legend that was kind of um, put about that Richard Marquand was a puppet director. He was relatively inexperienced. From um, down the road from us? Yeah, yeah. from Cardiff, yeah. Who wouldn't object to Lucas being a stronger creative force than his position as writer-producer would usually allow. But there's a great bit in Paul Duncan's Star Wars Archives book, and it takes up quite a big portion of the third part of the book, the bit that covers the making of Return of the Jedi. And it's a transcript of the five-day-long story conference with George Lucas, Richard Marquand, Lawrence Kasdan, and Howard Kazanjian. And it's clear from that that Marquand was responsible for many of the more significant story ideas, such as Leia going to Jabba's palace disguised as a bounty hunter, with Chewie as her prisoner, Lando having already infiltrated the palace in disguise. These are all things which Marquand, you can read in the transcript, these are ideas he's throwing out. But what it also shows is that instead of it being Kazdan and Kazanjian who were steering Lucas away from some of his less favourable ideas. It was Lucas who knew that there were problems with his earlier drafts. And you can see from this discussion that Marquand and Lucas have got the same ideas to how the story should go. It was really interesting to see how Marquand gave Lucas these little creative nudges in the right direction and that as soon as Lucas saw the changes that needed to be made to his own story, he was more than willing to accept that his initial ideas might not have worked that well in terms of what the story needed. The film was shot under the false name of Blue Harvest. Now, I always thought that it was to prevent the press from snooping around, but it was actually to avoid something called price gouging, which is when they get charged premium prices for every kind of Mm. production facility they hire because the people who were leasing them out would charge them way more than the going rate because they're a big production, whereas Blue Harvest was supposed to be this low-budget horror film, which even had its own awful tagline, horror beyond imagination. (laughs) Which would be the accurate description of the prequels. (laughs) (laughs) Virtually all of the Disney Plus content And people accuse Lucas of not having continuity Yeah yeah. People don't say he was planning ahead but he was (laughs) Now again this was a long Extremely complicated and technical shoot It was made all the more difficult for Lucas When near the end of principal photography His wife Marsha Who had edited the original Star Wars Asked George for divorce Now he says this came out of nowhere and he was understandably devastated. He had nobody at Lucasfilm or ILM was aware of the situation. So on top of the stresses of getting the final Star Wars film made, he's going through a divorce. Poor so, <laughs> <laughs> so the film. So once again, we open with a shot of a Star Destroyer. This time it's approaching the partially built second Death Star. Vader arrives and he berates Moff Jerjerod for the slow progress in getting it finished. Now, guys, what do we think of the reuse of the Death Star? Because our, uh, our dear friend, Jim Carl, <laughs> has said, hasn't he said, and, and I quote, uh, well, you know, Return of the Jedi, it's just a remake of Star Wars, isn't it? How do you mean, Jim? Well, it's got another Death Star in it. 
it's like so that's like saying Return of the Jedi is a remake of Apocalypse Now because Harrison Ford is in it and in Apocalypse Now we also had a head isn't it? <laughs> I think it's the one time that you would get away with this one time yeah yeah like, and I think when chance. you go to the, the the realms of like Starkiller base and stuff like that for the, the next one what was it called what was it called yeah Starkiller base a, yeah, a, what was it the shit kicker base <laughs> the, first, the first one they weren't even called oh, the um, what they called episode they 7 episode 7 that one we're um, doing this to make loads of money yeah the Disney the Disney Chronicles The Force Awakens The Force Awakens I genuinely yeah. couldn't remember what when in it, the Quaffers Awakens. <laughs> Force Awakens. What an innocuous. We need to make four billion quick. <laughs> Star Wars. We're in debt. <laughs> yeah. I suppose technically, it's like the Empire might think, well, yeah, we'll have another run at this and see what happens. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> it worked so well the first time. Well, we'll make sure we haven't got a big vent on the side of this yeah. one. We'll put like right. some big shield around it yeah. or something. So, in, yeah. in fairness. No, not, come on. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair comment. I don't know where in the story process the second Death Star came up because there's so much in like if you look at Paul Duncan's books he goes through all the different story treatments and they change drastically like the first one might not even have the Death Star in it I think it had um, an Imperial planet uh, which was where the Imperial fleet were made and there was no mention of a Death Star but as they go along they, they, they change quite drastically so uh, then we cut to Tatooine and 3PO and R2 are on their way to Jabba the Hutt's palace. Now let's talk about Jabba's palace and this huge assembly of weird and wonderful creatures and what it was like for us as kids having all of these new action figures to collect because some of them were characters which were on the screen for maybe only a few seconds. Yeah. And we've said before when we are how important the Star Wars toys are and it, it was like it was a link between the film and the merchandise that unless you lived through it like we did it's hard to explain, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think. I suppose next, further, you know, earlier, sorry, later generations to us have got things with like tie-ins with video games and stuff like that. But I yeah. don't think there's ever been anything that's been you know merchandise wise, you know, something you could actually hold in your hand, collect, yeah. display on a shelf. I don't mm-hmm. think there's ever been anything that can compare to the Star Wars toy range. It was the desperation, wasn't it, of getting figures and of, of collecting them yeah. all. And- the thing of you'd always have those figures which were really hard to get, or you know, you you go into a Toys R Us or or a Tesco's even, and there'd be rows and rows of Star Wars figures, and they'd be like, "Yep, yeah, got that one, got that one, yeah, yeah, don't want that one, don't want Bespin Leia, yeah, don't want three, you already got that," and you'd be just looking for the cool figures, and like all the Boba Fetts would be taken straight away. Never like, found a Jabba's Palace Leia figure. Though. Never found there one. There wasn't one, was there? there? Was it not? No, Slave, no Slave Leia. They was you're not allowed to say that anymore. You can't say um, bejeweled. Bikini layer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then a hologram of Luke in black Jedi robes uh, offers the droids to Jabba as a gift. Well, it's a little bit before. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does yeah. Have a hol- via the, the, the yeah. medium of hologram, yeah. Yeah. And then we've got, you know, the thing with the, the, the droid disassembly pit and that squeaky voice droid. and the droids feel pain? Yeah, because he's doing that thing to his feet, like retreading his feet and he's squealing. Do they uh, feel pain? So I don't know. And the other one's getting pulled apart and it's like, why is he screaming? Yeah. I quite like that though. I quite like, you know. Yeah, in yeah. In a sort of sexistic yeah. way. I quite like the fact that all the... the Just you've got show- some, the some droids are like sort of like, well, the hierarchy of it. Like, you know, it's like almost being the sort of the head of the wing of the prison. Like, mm. you know, it's like mm. if I sort of like serve my master, then I yeah. won't get as rough a time as all the others. Yeah. 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 No, I, I get that. Because, you know, they're, they're like a little society into themselves, really, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Should we do it now, guys? Should we address the changes Lucas made uh-huh. in the 1997 special edition? Because most of them are in the earlier part of the film, starting with 
this new musical number that he put in in place of the previous one which was called Lapty Neck and I've got to say guys this is one of the worst things I think Lucas has ever done I hate it I absolutely hate it it's, I can it's playing in my mind I used to listen I used to the listen. opening the opening bit with that yuzum or whatever he is and this oh, is strange with the drool and everything oh, like that. and then here with the big mouths and the lips yeah and the lips yeah, that, that'd work in 3D that would wouldn't it that'd be great and with hindsight you can watch it now and say it looks a bit dated but it looks shit when you feel it looks shit it. Yeah, it looked bad <laughs> it looked terrible whereas the original it was a rod puppet wasn't it she was a rod yes. puppet yeah. and she she was moving quite awkwardly but the music wasn't like in your face it wasn't as it's like a big it's like, it's like this huge sort of blues number but it's done like as if it's a Broadway production yeah, of a yeah. Hollywood, you know, it's a Hollywood version of a blues song. But, or, it, yeah. but it's leaning into comedy, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of like it's what he keeps doing when he's adding these bits in. There's always a bit of slapstick. There's always a bit of yeah. we need to make it funnier with this shit. Yeah, and it's not. It's just and and it's the most dated of all the things. Yeah, yeah. The Yoda puppet is far more viable than the shit Still CG dancers yeah. and singers. It's, I think always think you're, you're sort of arguing with practical against CG and stuff like that. A lot of time, even when you're a kid and you looked at the Yoda puppet, you went, that's a puppet. But you go, right, I'm going to suspend my disbelief and you're going, that's an uncanny valley sort of thing. Mm. And that's so when you look at like a lot of, I mean, 90% of the creatures that are in there to begin with in the original, or as we saw it, you know, yeah. were... Sort of like Jim Henson workshop puppets, really. And, but this yeah. is what this and is you what just reminded go, me of. And you just go right, okay. Turn yeah. off. I turn yeah. off. The filters are going down a bit now, yeah. and I'm just enjoying this. But then when you get like sort of like just like added CGI effects of like things flying at you from all angles, yeah. and like, like you see the lead singer of that band opening his mouth, and you can see all the drool inside. Yeah. And and you just look at it and you just, well, that's not real. Yeah. And it seems weird that in the background there's a puppet, like obviously someone's there just operating with their hand. Yeah, and you go, yeah. I can perfectly accept yeah. that's, that's fine, that yeah. is, like, no problem at all. Huh? It's got a very, <coughs> Jabba's Palace has got a very Jim Henson feel about it. Yeah. Salacious Crumb is yeah. very, you wouldn't, you would see, you could see yeah, Salacious Crumb in Labyrinth or yeah. something like that. Dark Crystal or whatever. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. that yeah. kind of feel to it. And even Jabba as well. It's, yeah, Jabba's not, you know. It's very, but because we were so used to that of that time, it just fitted. It just you don't question it. We're the Jabba still works great. Yeah, completely. It looks, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. You've got, you've got the benefit as well because it's you know in outer space sort of thing. It's a different universe. Is that things could actually look like that? Yeah, absolutely. You know yeah, 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 yeah. And then when you push the envelope too far, yeah. it beca- like you say, it becomes like sort of almost like watching a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon yeah. or something. Like I, I honestly don't know anybody who's watched Jedi and thought, do you know what? That's that dance number needed. This, yeah, that, this you know, is, I've yeah. always thought that dance yeah. number needed a bit more. Pizzazz. Don't tell me. I, I bet you at some stage, I, I, I can't confirm this, so if I'm wrong, I'll apologise in advance, but I bet somewhere there's an interview of George Lucas saying they were supposed to be a dance number here. Because oh, <laughs> so, yeah. no, he does it all the time, doesn't he? Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, that was, that was my intention was to do. <laughs> yeah. you know, I bet you at some did. stage... He went back and finished what he couldn't finish at the time because the technology didn't exist. Yeah, but he, like, he went back and finished what he couldn't finish at the time but the third film, which was allegedly supposed to be the third act of the first film, yeah. has to be rewritten by Richard Marquardt. <laughs> yeah. So I think he rewrites history yeah. a little bit, didn't he? It, does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it did have a Death Star in it. <laughs> Speaking of all these creatures in Jabba's Palace, Return of the Jedi would win just one Academy Award, and that was for visual effects. And one of the four recipients of that Oscar was Phil Tippett, who was in charge of all of those amazing creatures in Jabba's Palace. 56 in total. Friend of the show. Yeah, of course, yeah. He was interviewed on episode 39 of this very podcast. So please, if you haven't already, go back and check that out. But it was Tippett's design for Jabba the Hutt that Lucas finally settled on. And you said, Neil, about those CG characters that he put in. 
they're done in a computer. There's something just cartoonish about them. Whereas if you look at Jabba's face, it's got no symmetry to it. His mouth is all upside. Yeah. One eye is higher than the other. Yeah. It, it it's imperfectly perfect. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just like when like Stuart Rick. Freeborn. It's <laughs> <laughs> not the first time I've been compared to Jabba. <laughs> I've lost weight now. I can do it. <laughs> but when Stuart Freeborn first designed Yoda, he, he put his own yeah. face into it. Then he mixed it with Albert Einstein yeah. and. He added all of those wrinkles to the face, to the care and attention that was done. Whereas these CG creatures just look as if just like they look like the toys you would win in the cheap sort of cream yeah. Yeah. game oh, at the arcade, yeah. don't they? Like, right. yeah, just like space wars toys. Yeah, they're, they're very yeah space wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so then, another one of uh, Mark One's ideas was this mysterious bounty hunter who arrives with a captured Chewbacca and a thermal detonator, which he threatens Jabba with. I say he, he in inverted commas. They. They, <laughs> yes. This bounty hunter later releases Han Solo from his carbonite prison that we saw at the end of uh, The Empire Strikes Back and is revealed to be Princess Leia. And we also see that Lando is there in disguise. And then a temporarily blind Han Solo is reunited with Chewbacca. Luke then arrives and immediately shows his mastery well, of the Force. He's, he's reunited with after Leia reveals that she's the yeah. bounty hunter. And then they're captured by Jabba because Jabba and all the gang... Hiding behind the curtain. Yes. <laughs> Can I just say that before that we've got we've got Harrison Ford doing some acting. Yeah. Because he can't believe because of all the things that have gone on and I've written it down. He said something like very emotional. I'm out of the picture for a little while and everyone gets delusions of grandeur. It's when they make reference to Luke's Luke a Jedi, Luke's a Jedi Knight. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. He's got this emotional. I don't know. He's overcome with with emotional, and it's just it just stands out to me as very unhan with what we know of Han. I think when you you know, so we're supposed to see Han at this point because he comes out and he's all sort of shivering. Uh, yeah, I take him yeah. like vulnerable. It's like oh, he's yeah. almost just been reborn. Yeah. But yeah, I always thought it was strange that Jabba obviously was onto. I, I might Bush. Yeah. I might suspect Bush is the name of Bush. the uh, layer disguise. The, yeah. the so what we'll do is we'll turn the lights off. Yeah. And me and a couple of, well, half Everyone. my, pa- my palace yeah. will hide behind the curtain and just play this out, see what happens. I Jam was quite big, though, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he's, a big, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. Yeah. But yeah, he hides behind the curtain and then he, he catches Leia as well and he makes Leia his um, right, right. concubine. Okay. So, yeah, Luke arrives and then he shows him his mastery of the Force with two of Jabba's guards with a Gamorrean guards, guards yeah. Yeah. And, and Bib Fortuna is using the force on him Leia at this point is wearing the infamous slave bikini and let's unpack this iconic costume that's great <laughs> they made a friends episode about it <laughs> they did yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> times have we seen this cosplay yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes to, to ill effect <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look great I'm, I'm not going to lie <laughs> it was Halloween I was feeling special <laughs> <laughs> it is quite strange. I always thought it was weird with the Jabba. He has like a, a slave before that, doesn't he? he has, or is that, or is, um, she's a dancer and she's a dancer. Ula, yeah, Ula. She's, she's on a chain. Yeah. So whether he's keeping it, if the implication is he's keeping her as a pet to sort of show his dominance to, you know, even the mighty Princess Leia yeah. is his yeah. pet, then I suppose he's demeaning her that way. But there are certain scenes where he's. Flicking his tongue towards Oh, yeah. It. yeah. And yeah. I'm thinking, like, what, where's, this, where's the physics behind this? How does this work? You I don't, don't understand. Want to think about it, do you? No. Yeah. Just don't yeah. want to think it's, about it. It's, Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's of its time, I think, isn't yes. it? 
No, Jabba, he, he's immune to Luke's Jedi mind tricks, and Jabba then sends him falling into the Rancor pit. Now, let's talk about the Rancor. Now, initially, they tried to do it as a go-motion creature, but then they settled on the well, the genius idea of doing it as a live-action puppet, albeit one which was shot slowed down so as to give it a better sense mm -hmm. of size and scale. And then when I rewatched it, the benefits of this stand out because there's things you can do if you're shooting it for real, which you couldn't have done with stop yeah. motions. Like yeah. the big thing of spittle hanging from his mouth when we first see him. You can't do that in stop motion. It's just, mm. it moves naturally as shot, but it wouldn't if they do stop motion. You yeah. would have, you, you tell instantly, the eye picks up on it. I wonder whose thigh bone it is that Luke throws in. I wonder if it's the pre it's the dancer who fell down. <laughs> <laughs> Could well be. She had powerful legs. <laughs> It's 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 crossed my great. mind. It is like there's. It's great though that there's, there's Luke's gone off and learned to be a Jedi and developed his Jedi powers, and then he just gets down there with a rancor. And rather than just literally using the Jedi mind trick on it and going, "Don't eat me," yeah. he decides, "No, I'll grab a big bone and wing that away, and then finally I'll throw a rock." Yeah, and, I know and, you missed a bit. <laughs> Wait. He takes a rock and hits him on the finger, he the does. cuticle, the bit of nail, just above the nail. That hurts. That hurts. That hurts. You jam on a door. That hurts. Yeah, right? I don't care how big and strong exactly. you are. You've got a pinch on there. You know all about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Luke kills the Rancor and then he's reunited with Han and Chewie and they're taken out to the Dune Sea and the Pit of Carcoon, the nesting place of the all-powerful Sarlacc. And yet another special edition change, this time the modified Sarlacc or... Meg from Family Guy. Oh. <laughs> speaking, speaking of which... Jabba, this is your last chance. Free us or die. <laughs> Fagogate. He goes on for like a minute and a half. <laughs> Just like a genius. Right. Let's talk about Boba Fett going out like a chump. Going out like a chump. Like a chump. Oh, yeah. yeah, I thought he said chump then. So no, I... no, no. The opposite. Yeah, he pretty much gets knocked off the. Uh, bumped by the hand, doesn't he? Hand hits him with a stick, doesn't yeah. he? It hits his rocket pack. Sets his rocket pack. Blind off. hand. Yeah. Blind hand. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's slapstick. 
Yeah. Boba Fett, this cool character that was introduced in Empire that's got a handful of lines. He looks awesome. Literally, there's that bit in Empire where he goes to fire and Vader knocks his hand down. And, you know, yeah. he's... Wait a minute. What were we talking about? George Lucas. He's a bloody genius. We all thought Boba Fett was cool. We've all seen Booker Boba Fett. He was years ahead of himself. <laughs> <laughs> he was years ahead of himself. That makes perfect sense now. No, it, 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 it is. I can remember being as, as, a, as a kid, even as a kid, just thinking that's like the worst thing you could ever do yeah. to Boba Fett. Because they've added in a scene, haven't they? It, back in when the disco, that disco that when, the, when the dance was going on. That doesn't sound like George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a scene that they've added in. There's one, there's one sequence where he's sort of looking over the party the disco yeah. oh he does the ladies man thing doesn't he there's the ladies man thing where he's got two, he's got two yeah. young yeah. young fillies next yeah. to him yeah. and um, so obviously I mean he's cool there he's obviously a bit distracted but that was yeah as you say yeah. chump not champ no. it does, it and, does. I, and you have taken it away from me because I was going to say you've rolled into the Sarlacc pit and we never see him again <laughs> well in the perfect world yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I suppose be careful what you ask for yeah. yeah it's one of those things it's one of those things but I suppose, you know, I suppose if you look at it logically, was he that big a character in area? No, no, he wasn't. You know, he wasn't. No, so he I suppose George Lucas could look at it in the, in the fact of like, well, you might all think he's cool, but he's never a part of my story. Yeah. But I do think there's a, there's a certain amount of just like, yeah. Not that, knowing what he had. Not, yeah, not knowing what he had. Not knowing what do you know what would have worked? Han could have still hit his rocket pack and set it off, have him fly over the sail barge, into the dune sea and we don't see him yeah. hear from him and then we can make up in our own minds what happens to him didn't need to show him falling into the pit or no. and this is just a thought he did have a rocket pack so that would you know. this is yeah. just a thought you know when it all kicks off and yeah. there's a guy running around with a lightsaber yeah. Boba Fett just goes I'm a bounty hunter I'm I don't need this and just flies away yeah. Yeah. because he's not he's not part of Jabba's crew no but he, he knows if he doesn't stay and have that final payment from Jabba you're not getting them teeth yeah, oh, the teeth. the teeth. The teeth we like. Oh, the teeth we like to see him with. The teeth in gonna have. No, it's all I, it's I, feeding back to a previous episode. I think. I think. Now, isn't I it? think. But yeah, it would have been cooler if Boba Fett had literally just looked at it and just gone. Yeah. Oh yeah. This this is a story for another time. He could have said, and then flown off. <laughs> yeah. He's pulling up the big guns. He's sticking the knives in. <laughs> So Leia kills Jabba with a chain, which I think that that was pretty cool. That was pretty that cool. Was, that was quite. Yeah. When you think about it, that was quite sort of. Hard for yeah. what is a what is yeah. very and much the kiddiest of all the films. Yeah, and it's you know it's quite a sort of sustained strangulation mm-hmm. scene yeah. as well. Yeah. It's not, you know, Cause she goes in for another go, doesn't she? Because she doesn't yeah. quite get it. She goes, she tightens that chain. If only I tell you what, it, it was lucky that thirty years later people gave females protagonists the chance to you know to be action stars because obviously it wasn't happening then, was it? No, right? exactly. When Leia yeah. was killing infamous. Killing his crime yeah. lords, yeah, with a chain, the yeah. most with villain. a chain that she was actually attached to him. Exactly, yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> you know, there was no payback there, was there? No. So we see Luke; he's kicking all sorts of ass on the sail barge, and then they blow it all to hell. John Williams's music swells to an amazing crescendo, and it's thirty-seven minutes in that we leave Tatooine with his but green lightsaber. Green well. lightsaber. What yeah. do we think of the addition of the Sarlacc? It, it, it's just shit and it looks yes, like Little Shop you. of Horrors yes yeah. it does yeah. but it, again yeah. right, if you look at that Sarlacc pit like it was it's just like a, it's just a, like a hole in the desert yeah. Yeah. With, with, with like thorns teeth, teeth and yeah. thorns you didn't need to add something anything you, to something it something you could easily and tentacles wasn't it because yeah, they still yeah. had tentacles so, yeah, um, Lando is getting something you could easily almost happen upon before you, yes. before you knew it was, That's t- right. before you knew it was dangerous yeah. Yeah. not this chirping fucking feed me, feed me beak that's like 
ah, it's like, oh, that's, oh look, don't, don't, yeah, don't yeah. go there. Yeah. Come here, go it's away crap. from that dude. Yeah, absolutely crap. Fucking sour. What I will say is, what do we think of Luke's plan with all this? Because it does seem a bit drawn out. Bear in mind that this all this this depends. Do you on mean hiding the lightsaber in R2? I'll hide the light. I like to hide the lightsaber yeah. in R2. I'll send Lando there, infamous smuggler and former partner of Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> so, <I'm, laughs> I would think. Yeah, Jabba, nobody had a mask. Jabba the Hutt might be. What about? Literally, you could just see his eyes. Jabba the Hutt. Just see his eyes. Well, you could just see his eyes and until every scene he's in where he pulls his mask down to see. It's me. It's me. Lando. <laughs> <laughs> I had Billy D. Winner. Right, so then the, what we'll do is we'll send Lando there first, then we'll send the two droids. We'll hide my lightsaber in, in the, the droids. Droid. Yeah. Then we'll send Leia there. Yeah. She's obviously part of the plan. Now, your plan is to make sure you defrost Han Solo and get caught. You'd have brought Chewie in, he'll already be locked up. No one's questioned how this. Seven foot creature who can rip arms off things is coming in in a pair of handcuffs being led in by a bounty hunter who's five foot three. <laughs> and then I'll turn up, I'll give Jabba a chance. Yeah. If he doesn't say yes, I'll fight a rancor, I'll get caught, hopefully they'll put us on a badge. <laughs> now, when this badge is flying over this huge demon mouth, hopefully. <laughs> they won't have ripped my droid apart and it'll be serving martinis he'll give me a lightsaber and well, from there on guys we'll just play it by ear foolproof I will not like, deny or, or how many times have we seen that story before <laughs> or we've got our armada <laughs> of spaceships <laughs> <laughs> hang on, no, no. But it's already blown up a Death Star. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. I, I think this is more of a sort of private sort of vendetta for those lot to go and get their yeah. friend. I think the rebel leaders would have been like, no, 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 it's too much risk. Involved. Right, okay. But surely there was a better plan than that one. I know it worked in the end, so they, right. they're, they're jokes on Anything, you, jokes on you right. gas. <laughs> Anything that ends up with him firing that lightsaber out. Luke doing that flip off the diving board sort of thing and catching the lightsaber and looking cool as fuck. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, it is awesome. It would have backfired. Chuck John Williams's music in, and it becomes it you, know, you know. I'm not gonna argue with you about <laughs> this film having most of its problems in this first act, and they were made worse with the stuff they added. In the I know, and I say, but I'll take that all aside. This is probably my favorite part of the film. What? <laughs> I love the first See, act. What? I have to. I love the first act. Because it's, it's literally just... Sometimes you're just two people. <laughs> <laughs> literally, had this first act been an entire film, I think I'd still like it. Because it's like a little sort of... It's almost like an Ocean's Eleven type thing, isn't it? They've all gone... Mm. In fact, it's a little bit too rushed for me. Oh, can you imagine the dance numbers there'd have been if it was a full film? Jeez. <laughs> you know, it'd, be like, it'd be like Coyote fucking Coyote. cabaret. <laughs> yeah. George Lucas does cabaret. <laughs> So meanwhile, meanwhile, back at the Death Star 2.0, we finally get a proper look at Darth Vader's boss, Emperor Palpatine. Death Star will be completed on schedule. You've done well, Lord Vader. And now I sense you wish to continue your search for young Skywalker. Yes, my master. Patience, my friend. In time, he 
will see you out. And when he does, you must bring him before me. He has grown strong. Only together can we turn him to the dark side of the Force. As you wish. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> Which we'd had the mention of him before, because obviously we've... When Return of the Jedi came out, we'd only had that brief glimpse of Emperor Palpatine played by female with a gobly eye and, mm. and all the rest of it, not quite... When this came around, we've had Darth Vader, who up until this point is the biggest badass going, saying to the guy on the on the Death Star, uh, the Emperor is not as forgiven as I am, yeah. or he's not as... And you think, well, if he's not as forgiven as you are... It will choke people out. Exactly. From a What's he going to do? What's yeah. he going to do? And then it's so impressive when Palpatine comes down the ramp with his red guards and Vader and everyone else bows to him, and it's just this frail old, old man, man with a walking with a, cane. And you just think he's he is badass. He's, he's got to be. Badass. He's got to. Yeah. And it's almost like a sort of progression of because, like you see, the original is is more. I will say Tarquin. You've said that before. You? <laughs> you called him Tarquin on the Star Wars episode last year. Commander Tarquin. Commander Tarquin. So we got Tarquin. <laughs> Tarquin. Is the is really the sort of like number two in the first one? Yeah. To the Emperor. Yeah. Yes. Don't be childish, Richard. I said number two. I meant the command, <laughs> the chain of command. And then you've got Empire. It's Vader, really, isn't it? And like yeah. With yeah. this one, and then with this one now, it's it's a case of the big the big cheese is in charge, you yeah. know. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to let the mistakes of the past. No. Yeah. So if Luke, you want something done, do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Luke, having separated from the others, with R two, pays a visit to Dagobah and Master Yoda. Now, there's quite a bit that goes on here, isn't it? That sort of furthers the plot in so much as the you know the Skywalker family, and. Yoda is, is frail, he's what, 900 years old now, he's got no more training for Luke. Luke still wants validation and confirmation about the fact that Darth Vader is his father. And, you know, Vader, what does he say? Yoda says, uh, your father, he, he is, isn't it? He, he also it. confirms to Luke that you're not a Jedi, so he's been bigging up his own part for him, yeah. Jedi Knight. So hang on a second, uh, yeah, you've, been, you've, awesome. been, you've been telling people you've been a Jedi yeah. Knight, you're not quite there yet, sir. You haven't yet, yeah. it's past the final exam. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, got to kill your dad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the DNA tests are in. <laughs> <laughs> so and as he's dying, he says there is another Skywalker. Now, like, this little bit of facial acting by Hamill is just great. And as Yoda is fading away, you also got a sound of distant thunder that they put in. It's just perfect sound mm. design. Mm. Luke is then visited by Force Ghost Obi-Wan Kenobi. Why didn't you tell me? You told me Vader betrayed and murdered my father. Your father was seduced by the dark side of the Force. He ceased to be Anakin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. When that happened, the good man who was your father was destroyed. So what I told you was true. From a certain point of view. A certain point of view? Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Anakin was a good friend. When I first knew him, your father was already a great pilot, but I was amazed how strongly the Force was with him. I took it upon myself to train him as a Jedi. I thought that I could instruct him just as well as Yoda. 
I was wrong. There is still good in him. He's more machine now than man. Twisted and evil. Guys, let's discuss the whole thing that Obi-Wan says when he says, from a certain point of view thing. Yeah. Because, obviously, we said in the Empire episode, at what point did George Lucas realise that Luke and Vader were going to be father mm. and son? <clears throat> and if you look at those early drafts of the Empire script, it's not there. No. It's not there. Now, I know the script that they gave the actors and the crew and whatever had a secret page. It said, um, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. And then he says, Obi-Wan killed your father. That was the, the sort of you know, the line to throw them off. But I'm not convinced as to where that decision was made and it certainly wasn't when he was making the first film. No, definitely not. And you're never going to get a straight yeah. answer out of George Lucas. So here. there is that thing of what Obi-Wan told him in the first film, it is true from a certain point of view. Yeah. The man that was Anakin Skywalker... He still lied. <laughs> to be yeah, honest with yeah. I, I, I you. Know. Pretty much any line right now, if I just go from a... If I say, like, Richard sat there in a marvellous navy-coloured He-Man T-shirt... And if I said to you, Rich is wearing a red She-Ra t-shirt. That is patently not yeah. true. But from a certain point of view, could I have colour blindness? Could I have dyslexia? You know, perhaps I'm not reading He-Man no, no, properly. That is not. That's clearly He-Man and in no way Prince Adam. Rich is a completely different person. Rich is leaning forward, his impressive pectoral muscles. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, concave chest, I believe we call it. Right, he look. I think it does what it needs to do. I think if, yeah. if you look too much into it, what complicates things further is what comes in later films. Because I think this is a big kind of in-universe retcon yeah. explanation, bit of a bit of exposition. Let's just get that out of the way. What we do later is we in in clearly when you, when you expand, like you say, it's literally we put, we've painted ourselves into a bit of a corner here, but we can quickly yeah. put it yes. right. Yeah, and it's only when you try and expand on it then, yeah. and do a Disney spin-off TV show or something on it, yeah. that you really sort of shoot yourself. Well, up. well, yes. e even going into the Phantom Menace when we're talking about um, the the Obi Wan, um, the Qui Gon Jinn, yeah, tra trained Anakin and all sort of stuff. It works for me because go back to the first film. At no point could he have said, "Look, kid, you know this Darth Vader fellow you've heard about. Yeah. He's your dad. Yeah, no, he's just going to yeah. freak out. Oh, yeah, gonna, you know." Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I think it. It works. It works. And I think you've all, you've also got the implication of, like you say, if he if he can be seduced by power and you know the dark side and stuff like that. So it's I'm not going to tell him because he's managed the information he's given. Yeah, him that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So in fairness, like you say, I think he's he's managing Luke's feelings and expectations. He is. Yes, <laughs> and he's done a sterling job because we wouldn't be here otherwise. <laughs> he's, he's, he's he's drip feeding him stuff, really. Isn't he? he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. Oh, oh yeah, by the, by the way, Who's my Le dad? Leia... We'll put, we'll put a pin in now, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. Leia, who you've had the hot for, no. kissed, no. she's your sister. This yeah. is this is the one thing, this is the one, like I was going to say, I can almost accept the fact of, you know, from a certain point of view, I was trying to save your feelings, you know, I don't think of him as Anakin anymore, because to me, Anakin is dead. You know, you can yeah. put several yeah. different sort of reasons behind that. No, I agree. That all works. Yeah. Leia's your sister... Absolute poppycock. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, even as a kid, I thought, no, yeah. they snogged in the last one. Come on. Did it need to be a, a thing? It didn't need to be. If he'd said there's another Jedi and just left it at that, mm. did there need to be another Jedi? No, no. or another Skywalker and it left did, it at but that. But they don't need it. What, what but do you know when it does work? No, if you needed to put that in. Mm. Never. When Vader Space. pulls him on at the end and says, You're feeling strong, especially for sister. And at that point, the way it's used there, it works. Yeah. As the thing to get Luke to snap. Luke, who's been so cool at this point, and resisting the Emperor and all of that stuff, 
and refusing to kill his father, it's when Vader threatens Leia, who if Luke is out of the picture, he knows that she won't be able to fight well, him off. You can't walk down anyway. So I turned your uncle and auntie into barbecue. No, yeah, I think I it had works. your hand off. How was our hand working for your pal? Yeah, it does work. Know? It does work, but it it could have worked with other ways. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't mm-hmm. need to be. It didn't need to. They didn't need to be with their sister. And anyone that's going to criticise that part of the story, yeah, it, it's small fry though. It's, it does. It's, it it doesn't. It doesn't make the film poor. In I never. I never questioned it. No. For the the majority of my if, life, if we look if we look at the progression of the character of Princess Leia, this is the least of our worries. If I'm honest, yes, yeah, oh yes. And again, Go this on. is what I will say. I, I will sort of like jokingly refer to this and that and stuff like that. This, like we say, this film took things as far as they could go in a lot of aspects. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, in later years, yeah. people decided to try and stretch it even more. I agree. Yeah. So then we cut back to the Rebel Alliance fleet. Lando is now a general and he's leading the attack on the second Death Star. Mon Mothma and Admiral Akbar brief them of the plan. And can we just discuss General Nadine? Um, because I watched it uh, in Blu-ray in you know 1080p and I can only describe what has to be the worst fake beard I've ever seen in a film. <laughs> Genuinely, it looks like... It looks like he's taken a load of, um, I don't know, like um, those strips of cotton wool you'd have in a first aid kit, yeah. put it on his face, <laughs> and then like painted it brown. But not a colour of brown that hair ever would look like. No. Like it, a uniform brown. When, when um, George Lucas was over here originally filming uh, Star Wars, he saw the Action Man figures. He saw it the, was an Action Man beard! <laughs> he saw the naval Action Man. And it he was said, naval That's the look <laughs> I want. It was. Because it it's was. quite, you know, sort of military look to it, you thought yeah. it was. Oh, oh my god, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's many a kid. It always reminds me of like a sort of Vic Reeves character. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can yeah. imagine him working as a doorman or yeah. something. Hello! Hello! Yeah. <laughs> 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 stuff coming off yeah. halfway through the scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite a strange one, isn't it? Mm. It's, a bad, it's a bad fake beard. Mon Mothma's first appearance. Yeah. And how good is. A comparison then was casting Jennifer O'Reilly as a young Mon Mothma. Jennifer O'Reilly, yeah, is great as Mon Mothma. Brilliant. And they're just, yeah. it was for the little we see of her. The way she matches up to that older version of herself, yeah. superb. Yeah. yeah, she's brilliant. Well, uh, sorry, uh, Han, Luke, and Leia, and Chewie, and the droids, they take the stolen shuttle Tiberium to the forest moon of Endor, but Vader and Luke sense each other's presence. Well, when I get to the planet, we've got one of the greatest action sequences in any film for me, yeah. and one of the best examples of sound design in a film. Nope, there's no score in this. Yeah. The speeder bike chase. Over there, to more of them. I see them. Wait, Leia. Hey, wait. Like 
I love how they filmed it as well. How they filmed the the the, yeah. the tracking of it, you know. Yeah. It was um, it was with a steady cam, wasn't it? Yeah. And they and they, just, they, they just kind of cut the... an invisible path through the forest. Yeah. So it could be you could walk through it without tripping up. They had the steady cam. They were filming one frame per second. Yeah. So as they were walking along, every second it would be one frame yeah. registered by the camera. So then when you played it back, it would give the effect of you were traveling about a hundred miles an hour yeah, roughly. Yeah. Which twenty five yeah. times faster, wouldn't it? Yeah. It looks incredible. It stands up, but again, it's it's one of those things where you, you see with the with the speeders, you, you're sort of thinking, that's one of the coolest things you know. Yeah. Being a kid, that's one of the coolest things you've ever seen. Yeah. And again, oh. it, it's a case of less is more because when he turned up in like some of the new properties now, you look at them and they're never the same. They're, they're over designed, they? Yeah. Over engineered. Whereas this is just it's a long thing with a saddle. It's got those cool pedals, which when you push them down, it opens the vents at the back, which. You know, oh, he's got a gun underneath on a turret. It was one of the. It was one of the sort of. And I remember as well because I, I remember saving a pocket money to buy it, so it mm. was definitely one of the cheaper toys as yeah. well. But it was definitely like one of the things yeah. you had yeah. to have. It was so cool. It was a flying motorbike, yeah, it's a flying motorbike. Yeah, motorbike. Yeah. And they were just awesome. Then yeah. we've said them we on past episodes that we've done about Star Wars and Empire that that stormtrooper design, the one they finalised in 1977, yeah. is one of the most timeless designs of anything ever. You look at it now. And it doesn't look dated. No, you don't. You don't think. Oh, yeah, you know, it, it's very much of his time now. It's timeless. Well, like I say, but you got the scout troopers now. The scout troopers. They yeah. are. They are the fucking. They are the studs of the empire. Yeah. They are the ones that if, if you, you went notice, into a bar if, if full you, of yeah, imperial. But if you notice, they've all made they've made them a little bit more buff, haven't they? Because they're like the sort of like the motorbike cool guys. Yeah, yeah. They are a little the shape bit, of the helmet. Yeah. They got a little bit, yeah. even, even the shoulder pad in there is a little bit more like yeah, check produce. Yeah. They just look the shit. Yeah. They looks yeah the, the, the yeah the biker scout was always one of my favourite designs of, of anything, and yeah they're just so cool so cool and that's you know that, that entire scene, it's like Tron do you know the um you know the the light cycle yeah, in yeah, Tron, yeah. Wendy Carlos who did the score she actually scored that and then Steven Lisberger the director had the idea of removing the score and as soon as you remove the score and you've got that fucking sound design with those light cycles, it just works and they did exactly the same thing here. You know, the sound design here is as good as... And, you know, Ben Burt's sound design across the whole trilogy, as we've said before, is just phenomenal. But here, I think it just gets to shine yeah. better than it has before. Yeah. So then Luke returns without Leia, who meets a new furry companion. So let's discuss one of the biggest bones of contention amongst fans of Return of the Jedi, the Ewoks. It's a difficult one, isn't it? It's... Can we speak about this objectively? No. We, we no. grew up with this, and as I said before we recorded, if the three of us went back in time to 1983 and we were in our late teens, early 20s and we watched Return of the Jedi for the first time, at that point already being fans of the first two films, what would we think about these little teddy bears that Lucas put in? Yeah, yeah, I can see instantly why people sort of went, went for the journalist. And it, conversely, the other way to look at that is imagine if now, like I say, as much as I mocked the sort of later stuff, imagine if now there was like a new sort of Disney-owned franchise, Star Wars franchise film that came out with Ewoks and then you've never seen an Ewok before. I know how would that be uproar, wouldn't yeah, it? Would. Yeah. Literally, yeah. just universal sort of. Oh, they just cheap with it now. They're, they're just trying to sell toys now and yeah. stuff like that. Because as we know, it was originally going to be a planet of Wookies, wasn't it? Yeah. Cushy. But then by that point, Lucas had kind of established that the Wookies weren't. They they were technologically advanced, weren't they? Mm. And he wanted a technologically inferior race right. to overcome the Empire, and it was obviously an allegory of the Viet Cong. Yeah. They could have just done like mid-sized Wookies, though, couldn't they? 
They smaller have, ones. Yeah, they could just uh, do, if you look at the average wuggy, he's like seven foot. So yeah. they just did like so, you know, rather than having to go out and find, you know, a hundred Peter Mayhews, they could have just gone like these offshoots of wookies are five foot eight or whatever. Yeah. And done it that way. Like done a sort of Would like, that have sold ties? Yeah. Well, this oh. is the thing. It's one of the most blatant I shoehorned yeah. in ways yeah. of selling toys. And the baby ones are so cute though. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So we, we said to me on the Empire episode that Lucas, he wasn't overly keen on the way Empire turned out. And it's categorically the best Star Wars film. Yeah. It's probably the best film ever. Yes, yeah, <laughs> potentially the best film. Right? And, and it, Lucas has made it apparent that the way that Kirshner took that film and you know other factors that maybe took the final creative stamp away from him, I think he's gone back against that and tried to make this overly kid friendly, and this mm. is the the thing that. So when we go like without making a joke, going back to the scene that we hate in Jabba's palace, maybe that was how he envisioned it because maybe mm. this is maybe it was supposed to be far more child friendly. Maybe mm. you know, and and dancing, singing aliens that that sound like a like a shit cabaret. Maybe, yeah. but but maybe that's what. So you know, as you say. Swinging it back round to counterbalancing with the, the the family drama that's going on up on the Death Star. Yeah, we've got this lovely, child, very child friendly. And there's there's, no, there's nothing in this film that compares to the darker stuff from the other films, like Luke seeing his auntie and uncle just incinerated. Yeah, you know, it's skeletons all burnt. Um, you know the 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 torture droid mm-hmm. that gets yeah. brought into torture layer. Everything in Empire that is, you know, yes. quite disturbing. Pretty much everything in Empire, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty much. Yeah. There's none of that in Jedi, really. Yeah. Is there? There's nothing to kind of compare to that. No, sort there's, there's not really. I mean, no. like you say, even even jumping ahead, like when you get sort of the Emperor sort of almost taller than Luke, it's done in almost a sort of quite a tame fashion, really. When you think of how far he could have gone to push yeah. it, like you know. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I, I've always I've always struggled with that, and I know what you know. A lot I mean, one or two of the Ewoks do die. Yeah, but it's done in a sort of very <clears throat> sort of touchy feely way. Yeah. I think it's one of those things because, like you said, Rich, opening. This film has always been there. Yeah. And I think this this is the Star Wars film that I can remember being part of when it was released, as in I was consciously yeah. aware of aware the, the film. hype. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. hype, the toys. And when I was a kid I saw the Ewoks, I didn't think, Oh god, look at those little teddy bears. I thought they were you know, they were great. Yeah. You know, I may have even watched both of the Ewok films at some well, point. Caravan of Courage and Battle for Endor. Battle for Endor. When you say watch, do you mean own? <laughs> no. No. Rent it from the video shop. Yeah. I don't think I've, I think I've, I think I've seen Caravan. I'm I believe sure. I've seen them both. I've got little to no recollection of them. What's the one with Wilfred Brimley in it? <laughs> you remember him more than I do. <laughs> I don't think Wilfred Brimley was in one. I don't uh, know. I'm just making it up now. Was he in one? Was Wilfred Brimley in one? Yeah, I, I don't think I can be objective about the Ewoks is my, my sort of answer to that. I, I gotta be completely honest. Like I say, I'm never gonna say I can see why anyone could criticize them. I've never really had an issue, but like I say, I think that's because we were sort of raised on it. Yeah. But then the other side of it is they've never really done anything for me either. You know, if you if you said to me there's a version of this without the Ewoks, I wouldn't be up in arms. I but we need them though, don't we? We need them. Yeah. We need. It's a massive. It's the third act. It's massive. Yeah, and you can't remove that chunk from it. Of no. the, and I still got no problem with anything that happens down on Endor. I, you've got to swing in the fucking bolo around and yeah. Wicked knocks himself yeah. out. The reason it works is because the execution of that battle with the the, the scout walkers, the at ST's, yeah, is so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, the the attention that they paid to like 
the, the, the Battle of Hoth, as we said, is one of the greatest sequences of all time. It's just incredible. But I think they went a level again with the, the stop motion animation with them. You know the bit where all the logs tumble down yeah. the hill? I always thought that those logs were just filmed on a, as a live action thing. Yeah, they just... But in fact, they were. When they go down the hill, they were. When the, the, the scout walker steps on them and loses his footing... Yeah. They actually animated the logs under his feet first before they did the scout walker. They pretty much oh, right. finished finished that bit. So when the animator was animating the scout walker, he was allowed he was able to overlay those logs which had already been done yeah. and match the feet to the logs, which is right. why your eye watches that and it works yeah, because yeah. they thought right. The only way we can do this and to make this work is to do it this way. Because yeah. by that point, Phil Tippett and you know the the model shop and the, and the, you know all the stop motion people working under him, they knew by that point exactly how to make this work. Mm. These little creative choices. Do you know when? Um, do you know when it all, it all starts to kick off and the the Ewoks attack and you've got two of the scout walkers walk off into the forest to go after these Ewoks. Right. If you look at the frame, that two point three five to one frame, the way that. Mark Wand or Lucas, whoever you know was responsible for it, just frames them on the far side of the frame, and it's just the use of the widescreen frame. When I've watched the VHS versions of it, yeah. they would have centered it, wouldn't they? Yeah. They would have panned and scanned it, and they would have centered on that, so they would have both been walking off in the middle of the frame. Every little creative choice that's made in in terms of the 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 action, the, the effects, and the editing. You just picture that bit where the scout walkers are firing at the Ewoks, and they're firing at the trees, and the tree yeah. splinters apart. One of them splinters apart and then we immediately cut to the space battle and it's like a sloppy, messy cut and it's because action and warfare and whatever is chaotic. Mm. He did it in Empire with this, the lightsaber battle. One of the cuts back to them is like sort of mid uh, parry and it, it just all works and the way it's edited with John Williams' score as well, mm. I just think this last portion of the film is an absolute masterclass of filmmaking and I'll forgive all of the earlier stuff you've seen. The earlier part of the film is your favourite, but for me, from that point where they land on Endor and shit starts to get real, and, and certainly from the point where... In fact, it's from the point where Luke gives himself over to Vader. Yeah. I think that the final act of the film from that point onwards is just superb. I just think with the, with the first act, it always just takes me back. I think it's probably like a childhood thing. It just takes me back to like, sort of like, oh, is this Star Wars? Mm. It's all kicking off, and you know we're, we're going to get Han out and everything's going to... Mm. You know, yeah, but they're, they're they're iconic sequences yeah. aren't they? that you you rem like everyone remembers Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, you have to like burn them with retinas, like yeah. yeah, yeah. So we kind of got a bit of ahead of ourselves. Let's go back to right. Vader tells the Emperor that Luke is on the forest moon, and then he begins to question Vader's feelings on the matter. And then Han, Luke, and Chewie and the droids are captured by the Ewoks, but they believe then that this golden three PO to be some kind of god. And then we've got a bit more humor. Luke then lifts his chair up, and you know. It, <laughs> It's all kind of more light-hearted, but... It works. It's not corny. Yeah. I like it. it. It does all work. And it's something we didn't have in Empire, is all of these lot working together. Yeah. They're all together, aren't they? Because yeah. they all got split up in Empire. And I think that's another factor that Lucas wanted. He wanted to keep them all together in this yeah. film. Luke then reveals to Leia the truth about their relationship and who their father is. And then that shot of Vader's shuttle landing on Endor at night with that huge planetary shield generated dish in the background the Death Star in orbit yeah. and we haven't spoken about the Death Star and the, the fact that this is only half of a Death Star I mean, this looks so fucking cool and that's the thing that I'll forgive it because it looks it's not the same thing it looks different yeah. even though it is essentially the same thing but in this one they've put the gun the in gun in first, first so yeah, yeah. they don't have to finish it yeah <laughs> 
the, the first one it must have been like yeah we've got a couple more floors which have not been finished the uh, the, the main weapon won't work yeah what do you mean yeah the, the gym on level 56 it's not it won't be done until March we do we do it we do the laminate <laughs> <laughs> we would have sure that it'd be about Tuesday <laughs> Can you imagine grouting that fucking it's place? Com- <laughs> it's coming great. I mean, the, yeah. the Emperor's looking for beach. <laughs> this is not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till you see the curtains he's picked. <laughs> and he's far less forgiving than I. <laughs> when it comes to interior design. <laughs> no quarter is given. <laughs> So right, that, that landing platform, you know, it, it looks fucking awesome. And then we've got an at at approaching. And that that shot, that whole shot is just phenomenal. And Luke is brought to Vader having surrendered himself, and then we have that amazing exchange between the two of them. This is a rebel that surrendered to us. Although he denies it, I believe there may be more of them, and I request permission to conduct a further search of the area. He was armed only with this. Good work, Commander. Leave us. Conduct your search and bring his companions to me. Yes, my lord. The Emperor has been expecting you. I know, Father. So, you have accepted the truth. I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. That name no longer has any meaning for me. It is the name of your true self you've only forgotten. I know there is good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. That was why you couldn't destroy me. That's why you won't bring me to your Emperor now. I see you have constructed a new lightsaber. Your skills are complete. Indeed, you are powerful as the Emperor has foreseen. Come with me. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. I will not turn, and you'll be forced to kill me. If that is your destiny. Suit your feelings, father. You can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. It is too late for me, son. The Emperor will show you the true nature of the Force. He is your master now. Then my father is truly dead.
Oh, I was going to say, I love that bit of the way he does that, the way Luke sort of just looking over his shoulder like, fuck. Yeah. Is he going to fucking, he's going to use that on me? Yeah. It's like yeah. we all sort of test their faith, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is a great scene. It really is. And then the Rebels enter the shield generator bunker and on the Death Star, Vader takes Luke to the Emperor. <laughs> Perhaps you'll refer to the imminent attack of your rebel fleet. Yeah. I assure you, we are quite safe from your friends here. Your overconfidence is your weakness. Your faith in your friends is yours. That's such a cool fucking line. Yeah. It's like Luke's like, no, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna be scared of you. You know, you, you, you're overconfident, mate. Well, he says, pretty soon we'll all be dead, won't yeah, yeah, and yeah, that thing of that line he just throws back at him and just the look on his face, your faith in your friends is yours. That's so cool. And that bit where it all kicks off and, you know, they go in the rabble bunker and that guy comes in, you rabble scum. At <laughs> <laughs> the other family going, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Right, that, that bit there, and I think it's called on the, on the various soundtracks you can get, you can get a more complete score and then you can get the, 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 the basic versions of you can get on Spotify. I think the track's called Battle of Endor 1. And it's that bit of music where it's kicking off in the in the shield generator bunker, the fleet coming out of hyperspace to the Death Star. Yeah. And they're all getting ready, you know, lock S files in the attack position or whatever they say, you know, in, in this film. And they all fly to the Death Star and it's leading up to the whole thing of the fucking thing, the shields are up. What the <laughs> hell? It's a trap. This thing is, yeah. And then yeah, the line, yeah. it's a trap. It's, it's the it's the tempo of all of that. Yeah. That, that, that little piece of music that starts this all off, I get chills. Yeah. And it's all of this whole sequence now from this point on in the film. It just works. Yeah, and it still works does. Like gangbusters. It still does. Yeah. Yeah, and it's quite, I suppose, the same but different again, though, isn't it? Because it's like when you've got the sort of opening Death Star battle, it's all the X Wings coming in, and it's almost like sort of damn busters. Whereas with this, they're literally like a ragtag sort of. But they, they go straight for the Death Star. Yeah. This is a space battle. Yeah, this and is. And this, this is like you've got. That's what I mean. It's, yeah, it's the same bit different, and I, I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah. But yeah. it's little things like uh, Lando saying, get closer to those Star Destroyers, and, and Akbar's like, what the fuck? We won't last two seconds against them. He says, we'll last longer than we will against our Death Star. And it, it's, it's the whole thing of, yeah, they're going to get killed, but yeah. they just need to buy a little bit more time yeah. for the guys down on the planet. And how, how, how many ships are on screen being composited at once? How the fuck did they do that? And it's just and yeah, mind, it's, it's not a mind kill. What we see, with, no. you know, with a lot of sort of yeah. modern day sci-fi, not just yeah. Star Wars, but you know, Star Trek as well. Sometimes where you're literally thinking, like, can they fit another ship on that? Yeah, they're firing in the yeah. laser, filling every yes. possible gap. At least with, at yeah. least with this, I think that was actually done in an episode of Discovery, and all of the ships that turned up were exactly the same design. It was the most laziest yeah. piece this of effects work I've ever this seen. This is interesting. I don't watch, believe you know, it with Discovery. How dare you? You've got like sort of shapes of different sizes, yeah. shapes. You've got a different sort of maneuverability and capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like there's always something interesting. There's always something, and it doesn't seem just all ran together doesn't it it yeah. seems like you know you can actually tell what everyone's going and yeah. what everyone's doing but it's know? also completely chaotic and haphazard yeah. it? it just yeah it just works the confrontation end between uh, this three way between the Emperor Vader and, and Luke and um, Emperor Palpatine is, is, is goading him isn't he this battle's going on his friends again their asses kicked but he's just like this is my friend Palpatine <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> 
live together on the Death Star. So. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to give him a chance. <laughs> just, just hear him out. He's not replacing your other. <laughs> I know I don't get on with your sister, but <laughs> so what? What do you think Vader was looking to do here? It's quite a strange. I, I think they were. He was going there with the hope that the pair of them would oh, be able to yeah, kill the he's, Emperor. Well, he's already done that sort of like join me and you and yeah. Armin. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. he yeah. knows that. It's like the, Palpatine's the, looking to replace him. Everyone, yeah, he knows he's being double-crossed. Basically, yeah. he knows he's yeah. he's passed his sell-by date a little bit, and you know Palpatine's looking to move on to some yeah. fresh meat. Let's well, Palpatine, it must cost a lot to get Vader MOT'd every year, just to get him serviced, <laughs> yeah. you know. Just because yeah. he is more machine now, the man. Just the, <laughs> I would imagine just the valeting costs alone would exactly, be exactly. So you know he. Clearly, is looking to you, you know, and it's the sort of implication as well. Is you know, that's the thing you have to remember with Vader is Vader really is a failure of a Sith Lord, isn't he? When you mm. look at it logically, he put he, you know he put all his money on on Anakin, yeah, and then really had to sort of go and rescue and rebuild yeah, because Obi Wan fucked him up and make, well, and make look, do with what he had. Obi Wan had the high ground, <laughs> yeah. Well, again, you know. so I suppose he, you know, and then you've got Luke. Which I suppose is like the sort of the precursor to the sort of the heroes we see now. I, I, I use Ray as the example now of someone, oh. <laughs> someone who's naturally gifted. The difference being, at least Luke had some form of training. Yeah, yeah. Christ, they they, they filled most of Empire with his. Yeah, game, that's what I'm they? saying. So if you look at it now, I mean, Anakin's been the sort of chosen one from about nine years old, mm-hmm. whereas Luke's wandered in like sort of ten years later. Yeah. Pick, could, picked it up like that. Picked it up like yeah. that, and you know, is you know, is he the stronger one to have anyway? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. plus, like I say, Vader's got natural weaknesses anyway, just mm-hmm. because of how fucked up he is. He's heavily asthmatic. <laughs> <laughs> so where the Emperor is looking to save money on Tika and Ventolin. Plus the other side is. Plus, <laughs> what is Vader hoping to? What is Vader hoping to? I think. Do, do I think Vader no. Tika. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that helmet is polished, that is polished Just, to perfection. I almost, I almost, perfection. I, I almost made a, a helmet polishing joke when I was talking about it. Right. Like, I've already implied this thing improperly going on between them. I won't be going to push any further. Yeah. But no, I think Vader's looking as in, you've talked me into this. You've taken me when I was a young, impressionable... God, this is all something very sort of yeah. seedy now. You've taken me as a young, impressionable boy. And you've twisted me, and yeah. you've made me this, and then eventually it's it's come to the path where I've had all my arms and legs chopped off because of you, yeah. and mm. now I'm trapped here because, you know, basically I'm working for you as as a slave, if you like. Yeah. Although I, everyone thinks I've got power, I haven't because yeah. you own me as such. You yeah. know, you've rebuilt me, you own me. Yeah. If I can get rid of you. I think he's still looking to do that. I don't think he's like, oh, and if we get rid of the Emperor, we'll just call this whole thing off. No. I think he's reached a point of, then I'll be in charge and I'll finally get what's due to me. You yeah. sold to me that I would be the one. Yeah. And really speaking, I'm just your sort of hired muscle. Yeah. You know, so if we get rid of you, yeah. I, I own the I own the family, if you like. Yeah, you know? the mission the mission is still valid. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I think he's I think he, if the Palpatine got killed by Luke, I think he'd go, right, let's ramp up this death star of it. Yeah. Mm. So then when Luke Loses his shit and grabs the lightsaber and tries to cut the Emperor down. Vader obviously um, jumps to his defences and they end up having this lightsaber do. I don't know at what point it was I noticed that Vader is fighting with two hands in this one when he was in Empire, he was fighting with one. Because mm-hmm. obviously Luke now has yeah. got his shit together yeah. he's like, he's, and now he's angry and he's pissed off. No, yeah. no he knows that Luke has got a robotic hand. Ah, yeah. yeah. See. Oh. So he's got a naturally stronger grip now, hasn't he? The way that you've got that 
battle, the way he's framed in the dark, you know, although you can still see all the action perfectly. You know, they're fighting all under these you know stairwells and whatever, gantry, and it goes on to the gantry, doesn't it? And the bit where Luke gets the upper hand and he's just there, Vader falls over and he's like bang, 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 and he cuts the hand off yeah. on the rail, and it's that cry that James Earl Jones lets out, that muffled sort of ah, that's wrong one, that's wrong one. And you know, it's just it's operatic, it's fucking magnificent. Yeah. And meanwhile, you've got the Emperor in the background, like sort of. <laughs> Has he got one good hand? That's his left one wasn't cut off as if he's pulling right. himself up the. So when he's fighting one handed against Luke, yeah. he's going mano a mano with him as yeah. in my normal everyday you know, hand. No, he's using his right hand, which is ah, his right, robotic one. Ah, yeah. right, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Is he fighting him with his, in the Empire with his hand? If you like, and then in Jedi, is he fighting him with two hands? Because now we've both got one yeah. robotic hand each, so yeah. an equal. But he cuts his right well, hand. Perhaps no one ever thought yeah, of that. No one ever far too no. much into it. <laughs> and it's that look on Hamill's face. At, at that point, I, I've said before that Mark Hamill is the only one in this film not acting. He is Luke Skywalker yeah. for me. And when I say that, I mean that in the nicest possible way because I'm not, I, I'm not watching an actor. I'm watching a real character. Mm. That's why I mean as the ultimate compliment to him. And the way he is, his face as he's hacking away and trying to, yeah. and then he chops his hand off. It's, he's lost, isn't he? He's lost in the moment. He's yeah. gone. He's turned over. Yeah. And then he sees his father's now severed robotic hand. He looks at his own robotic hand and he's like, whoa, shit, stop. Mm. Chucks the lightsaber and he says, no, I'm not doing it. I'm a Jedi like my father before me. It's a great light, though. It, it, is, it really is. It really is. Meanwhile, you've got the battle going on outside. They've blown up the shield generator in what has to be one of the fucking greatest explosions I've ever seen. That model, um, yeah. the big, the big yeah. dish blowing up. Yeah, it's incredible. The, the scale of it is just phenomenal. And well, then you've had that little payoff as well with Leia and Han and with the, I love you, I do. I love you, I know. Flip, yeah, flip yeah. Uh, yeah. Axis like Chewie, a comedy in a, a Scout Walker. Yeah, love it. It's great. <laughs> you know, that shot where you've got the one in the foreground and then the one from behind blows his fucking head off. Yeah. Oh, come on, you. It's great. <laughs> and then Lando and um, um, and Wedge make their way into the Death Star. Those shots, right, flying through the guts of that Death Star. Yeah were done in 1983. They are nothing that's been touched up for the special edition. Yeah, I was going to say, how the that's fuck right. do you get a camera in and maintain this sense of, I'm in this tight space, mm. even though the camera is going to be like as big as the model? Yeah. How did they do it? It just looks incredible. And watching those shots last week, when I, or whenever it was I rewatched it, it just looks absolutely phenomenal. The extra detail that they put on this Death Star over the first one. And the fact the colour was put in as well. There's, there's like oranges and, and reds and different structures. It just, again, sells it far more than it did in the original. The original looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You've got those fucking cool lines from Wedge and they fly and he goes, form up, stay alert, we could run out of space real fast. And then they get into the heart of the Death Star. Lando says, all right, Wedge, go for the power re regulator on the North Tower. And the coolest line in this film is, copy go leader, already on my way out. He hasn't even fucking fired the torpedo yet. He's that confident. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I haven't done it yet, but I'm that fucking good. Smoke me a kid, man. I'll be for breakfast. How <laughs> fucking cool is that? He hasn't even fired it yet. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's great. Luke now is saying to the Emperor, go fuck yourself. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Emperor unleashes his uh, lightning Sith hands. lightning hands shit on him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Which I always it, thought was a bit of a cop-out. The fact that it's just lightning figures. But it's the way... And again, this is down to Hamill when he's writhing on the floor, yeah. and, and the Emperor is just going and going and going. Yeah. You can see the smoke coming from his body, and he is screaming in agony. Yeah. 
and again the music with that mm, with yeah. the humming thing whatever it is just building in the background and Vader's like mm. it's like De Niro in Goodfellas where he sat at the bar and he's just like yeah. You can see he's smoking, he's thinking, yeah. am I going to whack him? Am I going to fuck him? <laughs> he's doing that with a fucking mask yeah, on. Yes. If only fucking Lucas hadn't tinkered with him, we didn't have... No! Well, yeah. I, I, I couldn't find this. I didn't really look for it. It didn't show up in the little clip that I watched. I remember the no bit being as he threw the Emperor over. No. But he says it earlier, so I wonder whether there's an earlier... Because he tinkered with it so he says no like three times now. He goes, he his back, no. He says, no. No. No! Because no. yeah, I didn't find it as jarring as what I had I, previously. I, 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 don't, I, think he was, I don't know. When he threw him over the... I think in the original, because um, you're trying to go back to... You, there was the, whether it was no, or whether it was the Emperor screaming or something as he threw him. Because I watched the original clip and he doesn't yeah. say it. No, doesn't say anything. Vader says nothing no. at all. I thought that after it would have been the 2004 DVD release because obviously after because we've got 97 of new 2004 DVD release, yeah. 2011 Blu-ray release yeah. where they also and, That's uh, where they this this came in. Yeah, this was added for 2011 Blu-ray. Well, I thought that yeah because I don't we, think it was in the 97 the special no. edition. He, he missed the point with that, didn't he? Because Blu-ray when Blu-ray re-releases come out, it was basically do you like this film would you like to see us in a better quality you don't have to do anything else yeah. with it that could was, have, could have re-released the originals could have yeah. re-released the originals and just said and it's much because I thought it was the clear. same I thought it was the same no from Revenge of the Sith yeah it could be yeah the same that, that's that's what I always thought that it was yeah it might not be but that's oh. what I always thought yeah they just it. lifted that audio from that yeah. yeah it's a strange choice isn't but, it but but it did, like I say, I, I thought that it happened a bit later on. Mm. So whether there was a version that existed for a little while mm. than it did, but certainly now it doesn't feel as it jarring. Doesn't, it doesn't it bother is. me that much, I'll no. be honest. I know a lot of people are just aghast at it. It's one of the least offensive bits of tinkering he did. It was unnecessary, but it doesn't bother me because it was still James Earl Jones doing the voice. And, but this is the thing, it, it, it was almost as if he felt he, he felt the need to put it in so that we could understand that he was emotionally driven to save his son. But we knew that we knew from that everything that was going on on the screen yeah, anyway. Exactly, yeah. it's um, show don't tell. Yeah, and he's telling us a little bit more than we need to know because yeah. we can see it. Well, he's, he's, not he's yelling. Yeah, it. he's undermining yeah. The, the the audience <laughs> a little bit too much. So then he chucks, he picks the emperor, chucks him over. Obviously, he gets a load of the emperor's, um, you know, Sith lightning, whatever you call it, which messes up all of his mechanical bits, and. Um, He's on his way out, and uh, Luke carries him to the the shuttle bay yeah. and lays him down. And uh, there's that exchange between them, which I I think is as good a resolution of their story as you could yeah. hope for. Really, yeah. He takes mm-hmm. the mask off. He's like kind of like this frail older man. You know, he's got some scar into his head and, and clear. And this is all before you know we saw what you know happened to him in in 2005 in Re- in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, and it just works. Help me take this mask off, but you'll die. Nothing can stop that now. Let yeah. me, for once, let me look on you with my own eyes. It's, you know, yeah, it's, bro- it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. My it's own brilliant. eyes that no longer have eyebrows. As of they the digitally league. removed the yeah. eyebrows, didn't they? Because obviously, being um, you know burned up in lava, he ain't gonna have no eyebrows. It also turned his accent from American to English. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's but, kind of mid-Atlantic, isn't it? It's yeah, like it is, Princess yeah. Leia going from her regal, almost English-sounding voice yeah. to her normal-speaking voice, yeah. isn't it? Neil, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is. It's really even. You know, it. it, it as you say, it's the perfect resolution to that story. Yeah. So I, then, do, I, I don't know why it's first expected Darth Vader to look like underneath that, but it definitely wasn't that. 
for me, it's always been that because I can't mm-hmm. remember any time where it wasn't. But I no, do know the first time seeing it. Just, oh, right, okay. It freaked me out. Yeah. It freaked because because the makeup, the scar into the yeah, top I of the head. I was going to say, I think it's the big gouge on top of his yeah. head. I can remember it being something that, mm. as a kid, the first time I watched it, covering my face, yeah. watching it, quite yeah. sort of frightened of it. And again, it matches the back of what we've seen in Empire, doesn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. we, yeah. yeah. So it does match up, yeah. So then he dies, and then Luke gets away from it as the Death Star is blowing up. And then we have, down on Endor, the scene of Luke burning Vader's body on the funeral pyre. Which, mm-hmm. you know, for me, that's that's just one of the iconic images mm-hmm. from Star Wars. It's yeah. beautiful. And then, you know, we've got all the celebration. And again, this has all been changed, hasn't it? Because they've got a new song. New songs and stuff. And just... I don't mind. I don't mind the music. I don't I don't mind the... You're going to say that you rather this to Nub Nub. nub. <laughs> Oh, yub nub, yub nub, yub nub. It was nub nub. I was saying on the WhatsApp thing, and yeah. I quickly thought I should have yub. I put nub nub. I meant to be yub nub, and I thought, oh fuck that. Yeah, we're not going to pull you up on your Ewok. Ewokies. <laughs> no, it literally. You know that point where you can delete the message. Yeah. I always deleted it for everyone and put yub nub. Back and I thought, no, they're going. That's nub-nub. really pedantic. That, that's been there. That's been there for five yeah, minutes. No I I checked. I checked, and you both read it as well. And I was like, oh, they're going to get. No, but I don't. I don't. I don't oh, prefer it. But I don't mind it. Yeah. What I've always yeah, but it didn't need to be changed. No, it didn't need to be changed. Well, what's always what has always niggled me is they're all doing extra acting. They're all doing background acting. Yeah. There's no conversation, and there's the bit when when Luke approaches Han, and he takes his arms, and he, he sort of like really earnestly looks into looks into his face. I don't know, it, I just find it a bit uncomfortable because it's kind of like, it's what you see in the background of a pub and a soap kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's like, like the people who are, yeah. yeah, we're not we're not going to say anything because there's noise going on in the front, so we're just going to do everything silently and I just think that they'd have spoken. It's not Harrison Ford's finest moment, this film, is it? No, <laughs> no. no it's not. No, he, he hasn't got those cool he d- moments. He didn't want to be there, I don't know. We was, know he didn't want to. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, he wanted he, to be killed off, didn't he? Even when he's given a chance in there, there's, there's very few and far between in this film where no, Han Solo yeah. was given a chance. Yeah. You can tell he's like, kind of like. And I got he's say, like, I've got Indiana Jones now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bit when Leia takes ages to tell him that Luke's her brother. Yeah. You think that's. Yeah. Like, just. Just tell, just, him. just tell him. Just tell him. Just tell him. I do like the scene added in, the secret, the very short scene added in where. Where um, Luke sees Wedge because that wasn't it, it, yeah, yeah that's that, right because that yeah because Wedge fucking hell yeah, yeah. Cool. he's he's a cool because he's seen in the background isn't he yeah. but it's to have him and Lando him, yeah. him and Lando did the, you know yeah exactly yeah. That's what they did but it was all a bit kind of um, yeah but it's, you see it's, it's weird that not no one really has a conversation no then, don't, don't it's it. just they just kind of greet by linking forearms and staring at each other and then they move on I yeah. I, I don't know it's a bit. But originally, see, there is music being played, so maybe it's a case of you're in a club. It's like yeah. oh, I can't have a chat. I can't have a. Wait, I want to have a chat. I want to catch up. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna. Yeah. Leia's getting the. Yeah. Uh, Leia's getting the shots in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Neil. Neil's, Neil's got the toilet. To get <laughs> dodgy kebab on the way in. <laughs> Leia's got to get the sleep outfit. This <laughs> <laughs> party's about to get fucked. <laughs> you mentioned Richard about the bit of putting wedge in one of the you know lot many little changes and let's talk about one of the most controversial changes oh. uh, when Luke sees Force Ghost Yoda Obi-Wan and instead of Sebastian Shaw some strange bloke yeah it's been changed to Hayden Christensen with a really weird cre- creepy shit-eating grin on his face <laughs> and, and of course it, it's just like it makes no sense does it because it makes no sense why is he younger now well I th- He's been, he's been redeemed now as oh, yeah. an old man. Yeah, I yeah. think what they're trying to what he's trying to say there 
is. Please watch the prequels. Yeah, yeah please pretty watch much. The prequels. And yeah. He's, he's hiding it under the veil of this is who Anakin was before he became Vader. But he's redeemed himself. This but is he's the redeemed, thing. He's redeemed himself. himself. So, so the redeemed that Sebastian Sebastian Shaw is his the redeemed. He's sacrificed himself. Yeah. He's, he's, he has redeemed himself, hasn't he? At the end of it, he's made. So I think he's Luke. gone back to being Anakin. Is what he's trying yeah. to do. But if you look at it that way, then it's shit either way. No, <laughs> but if you look at it that way, then he would have forgiven Obi Wan Kenobi, wouldn't he? So surely you and McGregor should be stood next to him then. If it's all, if it works that way, if I it's don't know. If it, you it's know, all to. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no, no sense. It doesn't all. make any sense. It's, it's not that like I want you and McGregor to be there. <laughs> it's I'm not saying I want him to be there. It's just another stupid choice that he made, and you know. It, it's it's worse than, um, it's worse than the shit in the uh, in Jabba's palace. And it, it's the yeah. worst change that he made through it's all of the films. Strange. I hate it. It's really strange. I yeah. hate it. It is. Like you can imagine. I always think you give stuff to the fans and you give stuff, but then you've also got, especially with a film like this, this could be the first time that a child is watching that film yeah. and would we'll just be like, who's that guy? Who the yeah. fuck's he? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the thing is, like. The, I suppose it, his argument now is if a child is watching that film, they should have watched the three before. Yeah. yeah. But let's be honest, if you're a good parent, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're going to say, let's start with this one. Start with number four. We talked about it before on the first, when we talked about Star Wars, where we were discussing about how do you, how does one become a false ghost, right? Because yeah. Obi-Wan disappears into into mm. into the force, we, we presume. Yoda, likewise. Yeah. yeah. Anakin, Anakin gets Don't. fucking set on fire. Yeah. But the point is, he's... I think it was where they choose to they choose to pass over. I yeah. think that's where we got. So they've given themselves up to the force. Where they either die or join the dark side. Yeah. Anakin has returned to the light side of the force. He's chosen to die because he's told I mean he's gonna yeah, probably he, die anyway. He but he's he, he is taking control of his life at the very end by telling Luke to take off his helmet, but it'll kill you. And yeah, he's good after his own turn. So he's chosen to die, he's given himself he's given himself up. Yeah. So, following that logic, he can then become I appreciate we later find out it's a very long journey to become yeah. a force ghost potentially, yeah. but in that form, that is that is that is how Anakin ended. Perhaps you can choose. Perhaps you can choose. Either way, we all agree it's shit, isn't it? It's, it I hate should it. never. Yeah, I it hate needs it. to be changed back. But yeah, like you say, it, makes, it just makes zero sense. Yeah, of course, like you said, the the original song has been changed, and then we've got. We also see all those extra effect shots of celebrations elsewhere in the galaxy, just yeah. to tie for the prequels. Well, this is the thing, but they actually didn't. They initially, this is because I was reading about this in the '97 special edition. They oh, added no. in Coruscant. Coruscant. Yes. Um, they added in Cloud City. Yeah. And where else did they put in? Uh, Tatooine. Tatooine. Because the other the other ones hadn't yet. Yeah, because yeah. we hadn't had the prequels. It wasn't until... This was two years before um, Phantom Menace. In, in 2004, then, and then they we added had in Senate Building and yeah. the Jedi Temple in 2004. Yeah. And, and then in 2011, they added in um, Naboo. Naboo. Yes, you're right. So the question is... How many times are you going to think of this film? But the question is, how quick does news travel around the galaxy? I know, it's just happened. Uh, and the entire... And as we now see with what happens, I don't think that... The killing of the Emperor and Darth Vader and Death Star would have had such a cataclysmic impact it's on the Empire. It's as if the rest of the Empire. So far reaching. The way the Empire is structured, if you look at Tarquin <laughs> and such a like, they're all sort of like looking, willing to step on each other's corpses to become the next in yeah. line to be in power, aren't they? They're yeah. all moving up the ladder, if you yeah, like. Yeah. And it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, uh, as much as I've knocked things, it's very well portrayed in Andor, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, like you say, if the Emperor and Vader were gone, surely there was like, you know, the assistant manager who yeah. was going, 
Alright, my fucking time. Yeah. Wait, who calls the shots? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Derek's in charge. <laughs> Darth Derek. Darth Derek. They didn't need to put any of them shots in. No, they don't. They didn't need to put any of them in. Yeah. It's just like that thing with Lucas all the time, isn't it? It's just where you just think, you just overthink it too much. Or he hasn't got someone there saying, don't do that. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you pick. Yeah. You know when you put a picture Captain on... Captain and Ewan Kirchner. Yeah. Well, oh, and who did, who did he have saying, yeah, George, that's a great idea. Rick yeah. McCallum. Yeah. This, like, this was like the Rick McCallum era. It reminds me of like using filters on pictures. You know when you put a picture on like, Instagram or something, you go, oh, I changed the filter on that. And you change the filter and you go, oh, it looks slightly better like that. And then you go, oh, I wonder if I just make that a bit darker. And, and then you end up just fucking the picture. Yeah. It's <laughs> the Hollywood plastic surgery yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. At what point do you realise you look like a fish? Yeah. Yeah, stop exactly. doing it. Yeah, and unfortunately, I have. I have. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Too many scenes in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, like a fish. Yeah, and it's literally. Well, they say even down to the point when you see just all the extras he puts in in the background and stuff like that. You think you're just filling the screen up with nonsense, yeah. you know? And then all the heroes come together for that final hero shot. that's kind of um, mirroring the one at the end of the first mm, film. Yeah, and not quite as well. It looks like a Christmas yeah, card. it does, it does. It looks like a and Christmas card, taken in a bad studio <laughs> in a shopping mall somewhere. And we're done. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So Return of the Jedi opened on May 25th, 1983 and took $6.2 million making on, on its first day. Three years it, to the day to yeah. Star Wars. Making so. it the biggest opening day box office ever. The final budget was $42.7 million and it went on to make $475 million worldwide on its initial theatrical release. Obviously it would get re-released and then it would get re-released again in 97 and onwards with the special editions. And it never made another Star Wars film no. ever again. So, gents, let's get to the inevitable question of where Return of the Jedi ranks for you amongst the other Star Wars films, of which there are only two others. <laughs> third. <laughs> it's third. Yeah, I go third. Yeah, it's, it's, the third, it's easily the third best Star Wars film. Right, yeah. It, for me, it's bobbed around a bit amongst the original trilogy. Empire will always be at the top mm. for me, but I would be lying if I said there wasn't a time when Return of the Jedi wasn't just about Star Wars for me, and that was patently wrong. Yeah. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I know in my heart that the, the original is a better film, but it's, that doesn't take away from the fact that the final act of this film, and this, that's the thing that gets me, the final act of this film for me is is peak escapist cinema of the, of the, of the best sort of kind. Even yeah. with the Ewoks, as we've discussed, I get people's criticism of some of the film's flaws, I really do, and this discussion with you guys tonight has highlighted them more than ever. There's no doubt it's third for me, but you've got that operatic three-way confrontation between Luke Vader and the Emperor, the fucking space battle that is for me the mother of all space battles on film the ATSTs blowing up shit on Endor is just incredible and I, I think the first time a film so perfectly interweaved three huge parallel plot threads with such precision the, the, the way the trilogy is brought to a close in terms of Luke and Vader's stories it, it's just so satisfying and you know, the, the way Vader's redemption is handled it, it seems quite natural the way he yeah. slowly sort of break down and think yeah. you know what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save my boy and Ian McDermott right he almost steals the show he does steal the show with his performance yeah we haven't this, talked about it with this gleefully evil emperor because you could call it scenery chewing but he's just a, he's a sneering evil guy and there's, the, there's no redeeming qualities to him at all he is just the right side of, of, of scenery chewing yeah and, and, I, said, and I said before we were recording he is never ever better than than he is in this. He, in, he's in, the embodiment of yeah. pure evil. Yeah, yeah he is. He's the closest thing you could have to Satan. Every Saturn. single appearance that he has on screen after Return of the Jedi 
is parody. Yes, parody of that. Yeah, completely. Yeah. It, 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 he's in it. He is in it just the right amount. Every mm. scene that he's in, he has the right amount of dialogue, the right amount of acting, the right. He says the right things. His his part in this film is perfect. Yeah. Everything that comes after. They're trying to recapture it and they're going, he was really sneery then, wasn't he? Let's do more of that. Yeah. He was really yeah. captain, let's do more, more of that. Yeah, give me more, yeah. give me more. It's yeah. like sometimes it's just, just put the brakes on a little bit. Yeah, yeah. completely. And then, you know, like I said, that image of um, Luke stood in front of Vader's body on a funeral pyre is just a perfect way to end it all. And it really well, it just mirrors the Twin Moon thing, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It makes me wish that they'd made more Star Wars films after Jedi, but at least we can rest easy in the fact that we've got this unspoiled three film saga. Exactly. I think going back to it, what the point is, we've we've revisited these last three films over the last two years. Empire, we were all agreed, is the best Star Wars film. Until we then watched Star Wars, and we were all sat here saying, "Do you know what? It yeah. might it might actually be Star Wars. Star Wars yeah. might." And we, we were said that, that about Star Wars. Yeah. Well, you said it, and I was thinking, "There's an argument for it." Yeah, it there is. There's, there's, but then I said, "Then I say something like to you, yeah, but Rich, I reckon then if you watched Empire." Yeah. It'd pull you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. But, it, but it's, there's, always, there's always one of those things where if someone said to me they preferred Star Wars to Empire, I'd go, well, so I don't agree with you. Yeah. I'll defend your right to have your right. opinion. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know? If I sat here now and said, I genuinely think Return of the Jedi is better than Empire Strikes Back, I would want you to slap me off this stool. Strike you down and become, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's to become patently wrong. The, the, the first Star Wars film is near perfect. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back is perfection plus one. I think because we were so because we're we're so in love with Empire Strikes Back, you forget how much you love Star Wars when then when you watch it in yeah, isolation yes. as we did. That's right. So you you think well, it, it's it's almost surprising about how yeah. good it is, but the fact that Return of the Jedi is third after those two films is no slight on that film no. at all. It is it's a near impossibility to reach the heights of those two films. Now, now that we've covered then all three films individually, what about the trilogy as a whole, guys? Because we we talked about favorite trilogies before. We, it's you know, it's got to be it's got to be up there as near perfect as a trilogy goes. I think, I, I, yeah, I think, I think so. so. I think there's this. There's the Lord of the Rings trilogy. There's Back to the Future. A lot of people would say you could say the Indiana Jones first three films. If this trilogy existed on its own, I'll, I'll give you a, another scenario. If this trilogy existed on its own, and then roughly five six years ago someone had released Rogue One, oh. would you be all right with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think I would be. I think I would. Uh, be. I would. Right, Rogue One. If, we, if we're going to talk, you know, in all seriousness, now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. there are far more than three Star Wars films. You know, I think well, we have to now have eleven. Okay, we're yeah, eleven yeah. films now. Without question, for me, Rogue One is is up there. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, it falls just behind Jedi because it's got. It hasn't got that last act that Jedi. So even though my well, favorite it's, it's part of Rogue One is the it's last act, it's almost its own separate entity, isn't it? Because it doesn't have to be. Yeah, that trilogy. It's, that's right. Yeah, you know, it's it's a prequel, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. it's not about the Skywalkers. Yeah, it's not about the Skywalkers. It's it's, it's, it's you know, I no. say that, you know, but anything else, I always think outside of this trilogy, I think you're back on a sticky wicket. What about then, guys? Think of it less in terms of how this compares to other trilogies, but what about just this trilogy's importance to you as film lovers and cinema in general? Two of my three children have watched the films and thoroughly enjoyed them. When you when you're showing your kids your favourite films, there's certain films you, you can't show them until they're a certain yeah. age. But how excited have we all been to yeah, show our Star kids Wars. Star Wars? And not let's start at episode one and watch it all. Yeah. Let's watch Star Wars: Empire Strikes mm. Back. Watch, as I said before, the reactions on our children's faces when we find out that Vader is yeah. Luke's father. When the, the other all all the things that go and all the beats that to see their wonder 
it, it just you just kind of relive in what we what that's how important it is to us. Yeah. Because we want our children to mm. have that same experience. And there's there's the magic to these three films. I don't know. Do you, do you have the problem? I don't know if you could bottle it. Obviously, oh. if you could bottle it and sell it, you'd be a billionaire. But obviously, they are billionaires because of it. I don't think they can ever do this again. No. 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 Absolutely. You know? And Richie and I said, along with Bill and Adam, about the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the things that were, were at play at the time, the economies of scale where it was yeah. you know, made in, in New Zealand at the time, yeah. in, in a place where filmmaking wasn't a thing. Yeah. And they were able to take advantage of, of much cheaper, you know, work, but done at a level yeah. that had never been seen before in terms yeah. of the quality. And then the fact that years later, then with all the money Warner Brothers had to throw at it, and you know, all of this computer technology, Peter Jackson turns in an inferior trilogy without yeah. without with the Hobbit films, much inferior. It's it's a case of that was lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Between the late nineties and you know, yeah. uh, two thousand and three, oh, when the, was was he falling into that trap that probably still existed at this stage? Where Everything has to be a fucking trilogy. And exactly. And everything has yeah. to be a fucking trilogy yeah. because of this. That's fucking, right. Because of because this, of this trilogy. Movie, That's you know? right. Of course. You know, so you've, we've talked about it before with the Matrix, where yeah, I know, you know people's opinions. I think the first film is great. Film is fantastic. I know it rips off this and rips off oh, that. No, no, yeah, it's a great film. But it was almost like you could have done a good sequel to the Matrix. Yeah. But all have. of a sudden, it was like we need to do two, two more. Yeah. We need to do From two back more. To back. You know, yeah. because it has to be a trilogy. Yeah. yeah. And it was all based, let's be honest, on Star Wars. Yeah. Yes. 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 Like we see with the Hobbit films, they could have easily made yeah. one or possibly two yes. serviceably good Hobbit films. Yeah. But then they have to do a trilogy because for something to be a success, mm -hmm. it has to be a trilogy. Yeah. And this is the reason why yeah. everything had to be a trilogy. It is, 100%. Because we didn't have trilogies before this and if you notice now you look now with the MCU and stuff like that now it's not enough now if I if I went to a studio and I had a script and I said I like to turn this into a trilogy they'd be saying but what can we do as a spin-off franchise yeah. you know how can we do or, or know, what can we crossover do films yeah. and stuff it's you know? like, it's like because everything huge... has to be a franchise now doesn't it yeah you know? like um, this interconnected universe yeah. yeah that's what they all want them to be there yeah. that's the the, you know, the, the flavour of, of the moment now I can't underline enough the importance of these films both to me and to cinema in general, the, that first film, you know, the people that that got into filmmaking, the people that were in filmmaking at the time, James Cameron, yeah, yeah, and he was like, "Holy shit, George made that! Mm. I, I need to make stuff like that." Mm. And then, at that point, then his career then yeah. kind of takes off because he's been so inspired. I, I was going to say, I think you'd be hard pushed for most sort of. I suppose you could say most directors, I suppose you probably include a lot of sort of Indian art house directors and that as well, who at some stage have not watched the Star Wars trilogy and thought, this is a guy who was just carrying this in his head and mm. pretty much went off and did it all on his own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why can't I do that? Yeah. Whether that's yeah. making a franchise or a trilogy or just making a really yeah. good film, you yeah. know, a good solid film, like your vision, yeah. getting it on the screen. I think most directors would throw their hat in the ring and say they owe some debt to all Star Wars. Fans. I'd love to, I'd, we'll, we'll never know because... Because well, you won't, Rich. We will. <laughs> I'd love to know what George Lucas's plan was. I'd love to know what it, in his head. What did he think? Where, when, when he was, when he, when he was writing Star Wars, and he was thinking some way beyond what would happen if this is a success. Yeah. I would love to know. To kind of 1978, 79. What, what is he thinking? What, where does this end? Yeah. I said we'll never know because you pick an interview from a different era and yeah. be a different answer. I was, was going to say I've seen interviews where he's all about trilogies and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a three, yeah. it's a three-part story well, yeah. and stuff like that. But then 
I'm sure there's like so you could probably dig up an interview where he's gone look oh, we'll do one more or, I remember you know. there being an interview I remember there being an interview where he spoke of nine films from a, from mm. the early 90s yeah. when they were prepping for the special edition releases and when yeah. they were prepping for yeah. um, for uh, episode one was he thinking you know with the merchandising was he thinking this is going to make me a shit ton of money or was he thinking this is going to settle my bills yeah I think it was more that I don't think he I mean everyone wants to make money if you, you I think because he funded Empire and he funded Return right. of the Jedi yeah. it, it wasn't just that though that merchandising thing is the thing that everyone mentions we mentioned it ourselves yeah. Oh, I think by the time you get right. to Jedi, he's thinking right. this is going to make me a fortune. Oh, yeah. I think when he's doing Empire, look at what know, else he's, he did. He's making, oh, sorry, he's doing Star Wars and he's the merchandising deal. He's going, yeah. I'll have five percent. Yeah. I think he's thinking in his head, I can make my own film off yeah, of yeah. this. He's not thinking this is going to buy me another wing on my mansion or yeah. you know, a rocket powered car. Or that, it was during which would be cool. It was during <sighs> this film where he got everyone to up sticks from where they were. In California, up to Skywalker Ranch, which yeah. he built. Yeah, yeah, and all the and companies was, he built. It was that it. you had Skywalker Sound, ILM, ILM, Pixar came out of yes. that in 1985. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, Lucas in 1984, or Lucasfilm basically created the first digital editing suites. That's right. The importance that had on filmmaking, it, it can't be stressed yeah. enough. All of these things that came as a result of this one man. Yeah. Well, I said, like you said, Pixar is an example, isn't it? Pixar yeah. as, as a map, you know he created but people forget that he created do you think like Luxo Junior, Junior the yeah. animation with the yeah. lamp and the, yeah. the snowman and the, the, the snowman in the jar kind of thing without that we have no Toy Story Toy Monsters Toy. In, you know exactly. all that it's, it's yeah. he completely well without and without Pixar we have no Shrek we have no because if he hadn't created that style of and CG it, animation and sort of things come in full circle let's be honest without Pixar being acquisitioned by Disney, yeah. would Disney have had the money to buy Lucasfilm? To buy Lucasfilm? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. 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 I mentioned James Cameron there. Would James Cameron be able to have made Terminator 2 well, ILM? Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. could ILM yeah. were able to put on screen the things that he originally wanted to put in the first film, but there was no way of doing that back yeah. in 84. Would J.J. Yeah. Abrahams or Ryan John? No, forget it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> So anyway, Is it guys. Ryan or Rian Johnson? Rian. Fucking don't mention. Rian Johnson. I'll, I'll beep out every thirty-seven <laughs> times. Anything else you want to say about Jedi, guys? That you've not said. I, I think, like I say, for me, it's it's always the weakest of the three. It always has been. I think. Um, when I was a kid, I think I loved it, and then now I see more flaws in it. But I still love it as daft as daft as that. Spite of its flaws. In spite of its yep. flaws, and like I say, I was slightly taking a Mickey earlier about like. You could do that with most films, let's be honest. Uh, but I don't think, with what they're working with there, you could have ended this story any better. No, I, I don't think so. That's the feeling I'm left with at the end of it. I wish that was the end. I yeah. wish that was the end. Yeah, because there's nothing more to tell. No, there's, that's... You know, it's quite strange. But then yeah, I because... love the novels. You know, I love reading expanded universe novels and find out, look, when he said to the Jedi Academy. I love that's, all of that. That's great, that's great. If it's in book form. Yeah. But once you commit to yeah. putting it on screen... And you and I both know that when you read something, you're picturing your mind's eye. Yeah. You're not picturing a CGI Luke yeah. doing yeah, that absolutely. or, yeah. you know, Sebastian Stan in prosthetics or whatever. Yeah. I know Sebastian right. Stan in prosthetics hasn't happened yet. That'd probably be a better alternative. But yeah. do, do you know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're picturing Harrison Ford actually wanting to do that yeah. rather than <laughs> yeah. turning up for the paycheck to do it, you yeah. know? So it's, it always seems better, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. I'd look, a lot of Star Wars purists might balk at what I'm about to say, right? But the Godfather films are not about the mafia they're about the Corleone family that yeah, specific family, family it's a family drama the Star Wars films just happens to be set in yeah, that world yeah. the Star Wars films are not about this incredible universe that George Lucas created even though 
so many people want it to be, yeah, I want to see other parts of this universe and whatever now. It's a story about the Skywalker it's family. A dynasty, it's a family dynasty, isn't it? That's yeah. what it is. That's the daft part is, the only chance the Star Wars has now to survive is to basically just set things in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. yeah. And strangely, they always want to tie Go it into to the Skywalker, the Skywalker yeah. Yeah. Which is why this works better with three films than yeah. whatever yeah. else they're trying to do. Yeah. You know, we're talking about The Mandalorian. How cool was The Mandalorian with all everything that went on? And then the biggest pop comes when Luke turns up. Yeah. And you think, as much as I was thrilled when that happened, for that for, for the reaction, actually, it does the series a disservice because, well, you're kind of almost sort of shitting on the, the success that it's had when it's mm. been so separate. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... Yeah, it's definitely deep blue sea, that, isn't it? Because like, I think had Luke showed up at the end of that... And taking Grogu with him, and that was it. That yeah. was the end of, and the next season yeah. of Mandalorian is the Mandalorian. Yeah, you know? mm. it's not you know that that if you yeah. like that part of that little adventure's yeah. over, and he's moving on to a next adventure. Yeah. I think that would have worked brilliantly, and it would have been yeah. Like there's not one of us who didn't go Luke fucking Skywalker, oh, yeah. and, yeah. and it was yeah. well done. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah it was yeah. well done. As, but like you, know, you said, he shouldn't have. Grogu should never been reunited yeah. with him, and it makes the universe a little bit smaller yeah. every time. A, Skywalker shows up but like yeah. I said on our Christmas episode or our New Year episode that is, that's one of the massive plus points for Andor for me is the fact that there's there's yeah, no Skywalker no, there's no lightsabers there's no it's, Jedi well it's a prequel to the prequel isn't it yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I agree. and I think that's that's the only way Star Wars can you know can survive now is but like you say is literally just basing different stories in this universe yeah yeah. you know but like you say Star Wars really as Star Wars is these three films yeah. it doesn't matter what and I, I'm going to I know people like the three after I know like people like the three before and some of them better than others I'm just going to be fair and say I don't dislike everything that's come before or after but essentially these three films for me are Star Wars yeah same, same. without these films you're yeah. not Star Wars so there we have it guys and girls one of the all-time great trilogies of our time comes to a close on Film 89 as we've now dedicated an individual episode to each of the three films. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion tonight. It's great to have the three of us finally back in the flesh together after the craziness of the last few years. If you've enjoyed the episode and haven't already subscribed to Film 89, then please do so, uh, so you don't miss out on episodes as they drop. Please leave us a positive review on your podcast provider of choice, especially if it's Apple Podcasts. Please check out the website, film89.co.uk, for a wealth of written goodness that we've all contributed to over the years, the latest of which is the first part of a huge three-part essay by filmmaker and frequent guest host on the podcast, Martin Kessler, on the 90th anniversary of 1933's King Kong, the making of the film, and all the sequels and remakes and giant monster films that came in its wake. He's put a load of effort into these pieces, so please check them out. They're really, really, really good. So, gents, where can people find you if they want to discuss films, television, or learning about the ways of the Force? Just hit me up on Twitter at uh, Neil underscore Gaskin. <laughs> and you can get me via the filmmaking site because I'm still abstaining from social media. Neil's abstaining from alcohol. You're abstaining from social media. And we're all a lot happier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at Sky Movies. And yeah, like Richie says, you can find us all at Film89UK on Twitter and Facebook and also all on the website. Or you can email us at admin at film89.co.uk so until next time stay safe be excellent to one another but more importantly which is actually Ewok for stay classy (laughs) we are here